Well, welcome back. It's only been a week, and uh, this is what I'm going to call a supplemental uh, Midnight Skeptic. It's only been a week since the last one, and it's going to be un unusual. Uh, my sound effects and playing music box is just not working, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. Oh, natural, as they say. This is KPCALP 103.3 FM, Petaluma, California. And this is the Midnight Skeptic. Um, the YouTubers will be able to see it later tonight. Um, the radio people will be able to see, uh, excuse me, uh, hear this this coming Sunday uh, at its usual time, 9 o'clock on the 18th of July. This is the 15th of July, and uh, I've got a lot to say this time, and uh, here we go. Oh, shout outs. Uh, I'm, I'm going to zip through these things. Um, Stan and Kathy uh, down in Pacifica, Rich and Kathy in uh, uh, rural Sonoma County, um, the Sonora Group, Bob and Sandy Fisher, Brad and Martha, Daryl Larson, uh, Judy May, uh, Rosie Lopez Negrete, um, Leonidas Maciel, uh, Mickey Huff, who is now part of the Sacramento group and uh, the godfather of Project Censored. Um, locally, Tim Conrad, who is uh, part of the Sonora group, good photographer. Uh, you can see his stuff in some local galleries. And uh, Karina Hilliard, my favorite uh, animal control officer or snake removal technician and uh, card-carrying member of the skeptics community, as am I. Okay, the reason for this supplemental Midnight Skeptic show is that uh, on the last show, uh, last Sunday, July 11th, um, I, I spent ranting against religion. For those of you who heard the show, I, I explained my feelings about religion and uh, how, in my opinion, all religions are harmful to humanity, and uh, especially to women. I characterized religions as being essentially misogynistic and uh, generally bad for women in a number of ways. Um, some religions, specifically the Islamic religion, the fundamentalist wing of it, personified by the Taliban over in Afghanistan and Pakistan, are physically harmful to women. And um, the fact that uh, women are treated as if they were owned objects in most of the Islamic world can't uh, can't be anything except psychologically harmful to women. And uh, uh, the Prophet Muhammad, um, I believe, uh, reading that he uh, married uh, a 14-year-old girl when he was uh, um, consolidating his religious power over in what is now Saudi Arabia. And... Uh, he said in uh, the Quran, which is a collection of his uh, sayings and beliefs, that women should be revered and protected and honored. Well, <laughs> it depends on your definition of honoring them, protecting them, and uh, keeping them safe. Some idiotic... Um, Fundamentalist Orthodox Muslims are of the belief that women should 
dress modestly. And there was a phrase about that in the Quran. But modesty taken to the nth degree is dressing them in black bags, uh, in other words, burqas. Um, Islamic women who uh, uh, advertise their uh, Islamic beliefs wear uh, headscarves. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. If they really want to do that, uh, that's fine. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, however, uh, now that the United States is pulling its troops out of Afghanistan, we are turning over the female population of Afghanistan to the Taliban. Um, they are uh, controlling well in excess of 50% of Afghanistan right now um, and gaining every day. And uh, the last readout of uh, just real... Uh, elective government, and I'm, you got to stretch the definition of that to encompass the rulers of Afghanistan now. Uh, there, Kabul, I predict, okay, the Midnight Skeptic predicts this, that by, let's see, what, July, by the end of October, before November, Afghanistan will be totally com uh, controlled by the Taliban. And the reason we went in there in the first place was uh, to capture and punish Al-Qaeda for 9-11, the planes crashing into the Twin Towers back in New York City. Well, we finally did get uh, the jerk that organized that whole thing uh, and uh, so 20 years later uh, here we are we're pulling the last of our troops out and I'm uh, of mixed feelings okay I, I got off on a tangent here I didn't mean to uh, it's away from what I uh, meant to be talking about tonight um, okay uh, religion, bad for women, and last show I went through all different kinds of women, uh, ultra-Orthodox Judaism, uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, how they're all uh, harmful to women. Okay, and um, what I want to talk about today is the more I read about this and the more discoveries that are made up in Canada about uh, these uh, Canadian Indian residential schools, um, the more horrified I become. And um, who I talked also on the last show, which was number 25. Uh, no, that wasn't the last show. This actually, if you numbering it, it is going to be show number 28. And uh, it's a supplemental show. Um, usually the Midnight Skeptic is every other week. Uh, uh, the last Sunday show on uh, the 11th will be uh, repeated on the 18th. But the 18th this time is going to be a brand new show. This show that I'm recording right now. Okay. Um, I talked about on show number 25, okay, that's three shows ago, on Sunday, June 10th, briefly, I didn't go into it in depth, and uh, somewhat in a disorganized way, you know, this is, this show here is beginning to sound a bit disorganized. Well, it kind of is. I'm, I've thrown this together um, about Canadian Indian residential schools and the religions, mainly Catholic, that were charged with running them. Okay, uh, the residential school program uh, began in the mid-century, 1800s, 50 or so. They set up a, uh, a series of 
so-called residential schools to which uh, First Nations children were forced to attend with the idea of uh, assimilating them. Now, that's a nice word. Uh, well, who doesn't want to be assimilated into the culture and the area in which you live? Okay, but assimilation means uh, cultural genocide. That's uh, the term I apply to it, and some others have. I'm not the only one who has noted this phenomenon. Uh, but as more and more uh, unmarked graves uh, are found, uh, some are mass graves. I mean, it's bad enough, of, depending on your point of view about what you do after you die. Um, personally, when I kick these mortal coils, I just want to be cremated and have my ashes planted out in the woods somewhere with a, hopefully it will uh, nourish some tree if it could be planted over my ashes. Anyway, uh, mass graves have been found. In other words, uh, big holes in the earth that bodies were just dumped in, uh, meaning uh, the First Nations children's bodies. Okay. Um, uh, there is in Canada, uh, and it started ooh, in around... Um, you know, 2010, 2011, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada. Uh, and there's going to be eventually a final report coming out. But, I mean, what they've found so far and released is horrible enough. Um, but since all of these unmarked graves and mass graves on the sites of these uh, long-abandoned actually not that long abandoned, um, Indian residential schools. Uh, I just have to talk about this. And uh, mostly they were run by the Catholic Church. There was, give or take, about 150 of these residential schools. Um, the worst of the bunch was St. Anne's, which uh, is in uh, Ontario, and on the shores of uh, Lake, uh, Lake St. James, which is a little finger sticking down from um, Hudson Bay. Okay, I will get to that in a little bit. Uh, my thousands and thousands of listeners need to hear about this as disturbing as it is. Uh, anytime... You put children together with priests and nuns in Catholic-run institutions, there will follow as sure as night follows day sexual abuse and corporal punishments of the worst kind. Um, now, the most disturbing thing that I ran across, and let me get this one out of the way first, um, elder, she's by elder, I mean, she's an older lady, Irene Fauvel, F-A-V-E-L. And uh, I'll give you the YouTube uh, site where you can go and listen to her testimony for yourselves, as horrible as this is. Um, okay, and this took place her testimony, at a 1998 town hall format, forum, 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 not format. Okay, and this is a quote from her. I went to residential school in uh, Muscoequan, I'm not sure where that is, uh, from 1944 to 1949. And I had... Uh, 
you're gonna have to excuse me a minute I, there's I wrote out a lot of this and I don't want to get any of these quotes wrong and okay and I had a rough life uh, I was mistreated in every way there was a young girl and she was pregnant from a priest there and what they did, she had her baby, and they took the baby and wrapped it up in a nice pink outfit, and they took it downstairs where I was cooking dinner with the nun. And they took the baby into the furnace room, and they threw that uh, little baby in the furnace and burned it alive. All you could hear was this little cry like, Arr! okay, she made this sound in her testimony. And that was it. You could smell that flesh cooking. Okay, if that sounds horrible, I know, but that was her testimony. And there's no reason to not believe her. She wasn't uh, put up to this by some anti-Catholic organization. Um, this was the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation Town Hall Forum, uh, broadcast out of Regina, Saskatchewan, on 7-3-2008, um, uh, July, July 3rd. Okay, and uh, watch it on YouTube. And here's the, uh, here's the site, Stolen Children, and then a slash, Residential School Survivors Speak Out. And uh, it was convened, uh, this uh, forum, uh, on June 2nd, or no, it was finally broadcast on June 2nd, 2015. Um, she's um, a believable lady. She's uh, in her late 70s, early 80s now. And damn it, when I was watching this, I didn't think to write down her age, but she's an elder citizen. Excuse me, I got to take a sip of water here. But if you want to hear her direct testimony, and I wrote it down exactly as she said it, you can go to this site. Uh, and here's the snarkiest comment that I can come up with about this and about the Catholic Church and their beliefs. And I promise you I won't ever say anything this snarky again about the Catholic Church. Um, uh, it, at least this little girl didn't have an abortion. Mm. I'm sorry. I apologize to my listeners out there. But, uh, okay. Now, let's see. Now, I'm... This is a direct quote said in 1920 by... Duncan Campbell Scott, uh, Deputy Superintendent of Indian Affairs of the Canadian government. Quote, Indian children in the residential schools die at a much higher rate than in their villages. Uh, but this does not justify a change in the policy of this department, which is geared towards and are you hanging on to something which is geared towards a final solution of our Indian problem? Oh, boy, does that uh, ring out in uh, Nazi Germany circles. Uh, Canada had its own Indian problem. Uh, the solution to which they came up with a final solution. Horrible. Uh, and uh, that's a direct quote because he's on there too. Um, 
Watch on YouTube. Okay. Reckoning at St. Andrew, uh, excuse, excuse me, St. Anne's. Um, APTN investigates 4-13-2018. St. Anne's, which is located in Fort Albany, Ontario, which, like I said before, is a, I don't know how big of a town it is, but it's right on the coast of uh, St. James Bay. Uh, it's an inlet from uh, Hudson's Bay. Um, it was one of the most notorious of the Indian residential schools. It was closed in 1976. Uh, but anyway, this guy was uh, testifying. Uh, he gathered survivors to speak about the abuse they suffered. Uh, and it led to a five-year-long Ontario Provincial Police investigation into the abuse allegations. Over 700 former students... Uh, were interviewed and 900 statements uh, were taken detailing the abuse. This resulted in over 12,000 documents that uh, outlined the torture, sexual assaults, and suspicious deaths of students at St. Anne's. Hmm. In the end, 180 perpetrators were identified but only five were convicted of crimes at St. Anne's, crimes against uh, First Nations children. In 2008, the Canadian federal government apologized uh, for their role in the residential school system. An assessment program was set up to compensate survivors who suffered the most. Premier Justin Trudeau uh, traveled to the Vatican City in 2017 to speak with the Pope and asked him to officially apologize to the First Nations people in Canada. Uh, he did not, but I want to assure all my listeners out there that uh, the, the Pope was officially saddened. Oh, I feel sorry for the Pope for being saddened at hearing all of this. As I said uh, in my last show, it is my sincere belief, that phrase comes up a lot when uh, quote-unquote religious people defend their prejudices. It is my sincere belief that no religion has benefited humankind and all religions are basically misogynistic and anti-women. Maybe there is a few exceptions to this. I, I have uh, no illusions of me being an expert on uh, the world's religions or anything. I just know the ones that I'm familiar with and uh, uh, they can't be all bad 24-7. There's got to be some good things about some religions. Um, the worst of the worst are the Orthodox who uh, owe fealty to uh, uh, the worst of what, in their opinion, God has told them to do. Ah. Uh, and Canada, you know, it sounds like I'm picking on Canada. And sure, they did some horrible things in their country's history. And they are making some attempts uh, to atone for it. There's no way that all of that stuff can be atoned for. But uh, they're making an attempt, which uh, kind of brings us, us uh, 
brings me on this show talking about all this stuff uh, to the 1619 Project, uh, which Republicans are freaking out over. Um, 1619 was um, the first uh, year that slaves were imported into the um, colonies, specifically the uh, Virginia colony around uh, Jamestown. This uh, uh, it was a Dutch ship that had stolen some slaves off of a Portuguese vessel, and um, you know they were. A, Slaves were a commodity, just like, uh, you know, chests of tea or gold doubloons. And uh, 20 of them were bought by the Jamestown colonists. And um, I, I can't remember the uh, academic lady that came up with the 1619 Project, but it was uh, sponsored by the New York Times. And, um, well, should our kids in school be taught these facts? The Republicans, oh, those sweethearts, uh, they claim that it will further divide us. Well, we're divided now. There's Trumpers and there's normal people. Um, who Normal people who are not afraid to... Uh, learn about and deal with bad things that happened in our country's history. And there were bad things. And I consider myself to be a patriot. And uh, I think our country, with all of its flaws, uh, is one of the best countries in the world to live in. And it could be better. And we're a work in progress we're not, uh, as a, a MAGA head would say, uh, we're going to be great again if it weren't for the fact that that uh, uh, Obama, that uh, you know, Nigerian non-citizen black guy was our president for eight years. He just tore this country down. And, 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 paraphrasing what the MAGA heads would say, but they've said a lot worse things than that about Obama. But then uh, here comes uh, the previous guy and uh, for his four years, which in his mind uh, are not over yet, uh, to make America great again. MAGA. So uh, anyway, uh, I personally and uh, most liberals and progressives and Democrats can deal with the fact that we did make mistakes in our country uh, in, in a lot of cases worse than what happened um, in Canada. Okay. Um, okay, I'm off the track again and I'm riffing. Uh, what did I write down here? Okay, and Canada is not an evil country. Uh, back in the residential school era, uh, the governmental uh, effects to civilize their word back in those days and assimilate the First Nations persons were, it, it, it's an evil. Uh, cultural genocide is an evil. It doesn't... Uh, make a country that did that an evil country. That practice of cultural genocide, uh, the midnight skeptic classes as an evil. Okay. Twenty-nine minutes. All right. So a half hour of ranting here. All right. Well, if nothing else, I can get a lot of this stuff out of my system. Okay. And, uh, oh, I, I got an email uh, from my brother, and, uh, and I forget exactly how he worded it, but uh, it, it's on, my, on the uh, 
timeline of the Midnight Skeptic, and uh, I I announce what I'm going to be talking about or ranting about on the next show, uh, and then uh, he said, uh, "Why why you?" Uh, what set you off on hating the Catholic Church? Well, this, among other things, um, among things like being anti-LGBTQ, about uh, uh, anti-women's right to control her own body, uh, misogynistic practices in the church where there will never, ever be a woman in the Catholic hierarchy. For those reasons, I I guess he's right. I do kind of hate the Catholic Church. And um, Protestant denominations that I've talked about on the, on the last show, they're not much better. Um, let's see. What is that? And other Protestant denominations who took part in it. Okay, oh, who took part in it. Um, about 80% of the uh, uh, Canadian residential schools for the First Nations children were run by the Catholic Church. The rest were other denominations, um, oh, Pentecostal, jeez, um, uh, Pentecostal Methodists, uh, Baptists, um, they all had a couple of them. And uh, so they taught them, you know, their ways of how they thought that God wanted to be worshipped. Um, on some of these uh, YouTube sites, um, they uh, have these pictures of uh, altar boys, in Indians in their altar boy outfits, uh, sitting and smiling with the priest. Uh, right in back of them, and uh, I don't know. they uh, came up with a lot of uh, propaganda as to uh, how these were just normal schools, and the Mex uh, the um, First Nation kids were these happy school kids swinging on swings and playing jump rope and everything. Uh, you can watch these on YouTube yourselves if you have a mind to. Okay, um, now, uh, 2021, China uh, is doing the same thing. China is using some of the residential school techniques to civilize and assimilate minorities in their own country. Um, people who would uh, complain about uh, the United States and Canada uh, treating our minorities badly. Uh, the Chinese tend to gripe about what we've done and say that we are acting holier than thou when it comes to treating their minorities. Um, the latest issue of Time Magazine, uh, let's see, I've got it here. Uh, uh, for the benefit of the YouTube people, it's this Time Magazine. Uh, it has a picture of uh, Naomi Osaka on the cover. Uh, one of the articles in here uh, is... China versus diversity. It's on page 44, but it it lists all the things that uh, the Chinese government is doing to their minorities to civilize and uh, assimilate. Uh, the, the minorities that are most affected by um, these practices of the Chinese government are the Uyghurs. I'm sure you've probably all heard of them on news broadcasts. The Uyghurs, uh, the Tibetans, the Mongolians. Now, these are not the Mongolians that actually live in the country of Mongolia. There's a, uh, I don't know whether it's 
formally called a district or an area or province or what it's called, but there's it's inner Mongolia. And the Mongolian people who speak their own language of, of Mongol and have their own way of life, uh, living in yurts and uh, uh, goat and cow herding and riding horses, that's their lifestyle out on the plains and steppes of Mongolia. Well, uh, the Chinese government out of Beijing is trying to wipe out that way of life um, and replacing all these minorities' languages and their religions, for that matter, with uh, the Han language, which is, um, which is Mandarin Chinese. Uh, it used to be that, uh, well, it still is. Um, Mandarin Chinese is the quote-unquote, official language of China. And um, the, the Chinese that immigrated to this country or um, came to this country to help build our railroads and settle down, get married, and have kids, most of them came from the area around uh, uh, Canton and... Uh, and their language is Cantonese, and um, it's slightly different. Well, it's more than slightly different. Uh, if all you spoke was Cantonese, you would not be understood uh, by Chinese officials or government officials that spoke actual Mandarin Chinese. Um, with a bunch of my friends, uh, my wife and I, my late wife, uh, back in 2007, I believe, it was uh, the Beijing Olymp Olympics were uh, being held in 2008. And we went there right before the Olympics, where vast tracts of Beijing were just being bulldozed to the ground to be replaced by um, Olympic villages and uh, high-rise apartments for the uh, displaced residents of these towns. But anyway, uh, I took a uh, Mandarin Chinese course uh, here in Petaluma. taught by a lady, uh, oh, I can't remember her name, but it was an adult education course in the evening and uh, learn to speak a few sentences. It's a very difficult uh, for me. Well, it's a difficult language for anybody to learn who's not schooled in Asian languages. But uh, the Chinese that I worked with here uh, way back in the day when I was working uh, in San Francisco at a uh, at a drugstore, a large chain drugstore, uh, they spoke Cantonese. And uh, I remembered a few choice phrases from them, but uh, it, it, they were just nothing alike, Cantonese and uh, Mandarin Chinese. Okay. Um, okay. Mandarin Chinese is being shoved down their throats, and these minority cultures are being stamped out. Uh, the Uyghurs are Muslim. That's that's their religion, and uh, the the Chinese government is having none of it. So they're rounding up some of the Uyghurs and putting them into re-education camps and sending their children to, they don't call them residential schools, but uh, schools to where they can have the uh, Islamic religion uh, drummed out of them. And uh, the classes in these schools are conducted only in uh, Mandarin Chinese to Hanify. H-A-N is the uh, name of their ethnic group. And I, I really don't know 
what it is or where that term Han Chinese comes from or how a Han Chinese could distinguish themselves from a Sichuanese or a Yunnanese or or any other district of China. They, there's a whole lot of uh, local languages uh, within the country of China. Okay, um, one final note, and uh, I'm going to be riffing after I get through all of this. Uh, one final note. The United States had its own version of residential schools. In fact, I think they called them residential schools. Uh, I talked about I talked about them on a show number 26 on uh, June 27th, uh, along with uh, the story about this uh, uh, Pima Indian uh, kid who was sent to. Uh, oh boy, I can't even remember my own shows what I talked about. Uh, the school's name back in uh, Pennsylvania where uh, he became an Olympic uh, track star. And uh, anyway, uh, Deb Halland, who is uh, the first Native American uh, of either gender uh, to hold a cabinet position, she is, uh, if, if she hasn't already, she's going to be um, commission a study about abuses in our residential schools and I'll talk about them later. Uh, I've, I've got to do some research on this to see who's going to be involved in it. I doubt that any Republicans will be involved in it. Um, Republicans are, okay, this is a new, another new topic. Um, Republicans are afraid of critical race theory. That's the latest thing that have been plucked out of the firmament by uh, by organizers and uh, Republicans in the in the back rooms and uh, to give uh, actual Republican politicians something to rail against to uh, scare their base and uh, to gin up the base. Okay, it's uh, CRT, and uh, Fox News is uh, their official party outlet. Uh, they're ginning up fear about it in the Trump base. They don't even know what it is. Okay, uh, Republicans celebrate ignorance. If you were to ask a typical Republican, you know, Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio, what is critical race theory? They wouldn't be able to tell you. Uh, critical theory, stripped of whatever word is between those two words, race or gender or class or whatever. Uh, there is such a thing as a critical class theory and critical um, gender theory. Critical theory, just by itself, is an economic-slash-legal theory about power structures in a country. Um, mostly our country, but it's applied to European countries as well. Excuse me, I have to take another sip of water here. But it was, uh, I'm, you know, my, my notes have run out here. So it's a school of thought that attempts to explain power structures within a society. Who has the power? Who does not? Uh, critical race theory is um, talking about 
which of the races has power in this country and who does not. Um, whites in this country, specifically old white guys, have the power in this country, and blacks generally do not. Uh, generally, women do not either, but then we're not talking about critical gender theory. Um, generally, the upper classes, you know, the billionaires, the upper 1%, have uh, power in this country. Uh, the lower classes do not have power in this country. Um, and you don't hear Republicans whining about uh critical class theory, well, there is such a thing. That was essentially what uh, Marxism was. Uh, whew, God, I'm trying to remember the name of that school of thought where th this really was taught. Uh, let me assure you, you know, I, I really, really doubt if any Republicans or conservatives listen to this show, the the Midnight Skeptic. I've been bashing Republicans almost uh, ever since this show started on KPCALP. Um, but if they are listening to it, and if you are worried about critical race theory being taught in our schools, well, you can forget it. Uh, real Critical race theory, critical gender theory, critical class theory, those are subjects for graduate schools in economics and law. So we're not going to teach it to, uh, you know, our little Freddie and Judy in sixth grade. Um, but as a history major, which I was, I think it's quite important that real, honest-to-God history is taught uh, to our high school and middle school and even some grammar school uh, years, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, that in this country there was slavery for a long time. And specifically, it was blacks that were enslaved, in other words, literally kidnapped from Africa and shipped over here as part of the uh, um, triangular trade. Um, and it wasn't just our country where we had slaves. Uh, the Spanish, uh, or New Spain, which encompassed the Western states and Mexico, um, Central America and South America. Um, they had slaves uh, until Mexico outlawed it um, in uh, 1823. And uh, the country of Haiti in the uh, Caribbean um, was practically all slaves uh, and a few French plantation owners who owned them um, they rebelled. Toussaint L'Ouverture uh, was the leader of the Haitian I don't know, slave rebellion, I guess you could say. Well, they won, and they kicked out the French and uh, became their own country. And this happened in 1808. And, um, you know, we should learn about that. And uh, in Brazil, uh, they had every bit as many slaves as we did here, and uh, Brazil was uh, a Portuguese colony, and I'm not sure the year that uh, Brazil gained its independence. It was, uh, I'm going to say the mid-1800s. Uh, I'm probably wrong on that one. It's See, I'm riffing here. I've run out of notes. Um, and uh, let's see, critical race theory. Um, there's um, a fear amongst uh, Republicans, parents, Republican parents of the worst kind, that any mention of uh, 
there being slaves, black slaves at one time in this country is going to divide our children one from the other. That's the argument I always hear. Uh, we're divided enough in this country. We don't need any more division. Well, if it's taught right, there won't be division. You just have to teach that there is no country that is perfect, that has an unbroken history of just good things, um, like Walt Disney history. Um, Germany, of course, had its bad sides. Italy had its bad sides. England had its uh, bad sides to it. They were involved in the slave trade. The Dutch, um, let's see, what can I think about? Uh, our, our Scandinavian friends, whose, whose countries now, you know, 2021, are, a, I think, a perfect combination of capitalism and socialism. There's a lot of uh, safety nets uh, in existence in their countries. They're uh, less well-off people are quite taken care of. Uh, women are taken care of because they have their freedom to control their their own bodies, their own desires to get out into the workplace and work. Um, so I, I'm I'm talking here about uh, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, Finland. Finland always comes out on top on these surveys of who has the happiest country. Um, Iceland, another one. Uh, but the Vikings, back in the uh, 800s, 900s, 1000s, 1100s, uh, were horrible predators uh, on the rest of Europe and uh, on into Russia and down into the Black Sea. And they uh, raided uh, uh, the It was before the Ottoman Empire. I forget what it was called before the Ottomans came along. But anyway, uh, they sacked and raided. And uh, one of the things they did was steal women. And uh, they uh, tended to steal the best-looking women. And uh, I'm going to kind of be a sexist pig here, but... Uh, uh, Scandinavian women are just unusually attractive. Let's just leave it at that. I don't want to get into any more trouble than I'm already in. Um, so anyway, uh, Japan uh, had its horrible eras. Uh, China, of course, Vietnam. You know, every country had its... Uh, bad histories about it. The, the thing is, we should learn from history and not repeat them. Um, one of the things that we obviously haven't learned in this country is that, uh, you know, stay away from would-be dictators and just horrible creeps that uh, run for office. Uh, don't vote for those types of guys. And our democracy in this country is quite a bit under threat right now. Um, am I through riffing on all this stuff? Well, i got about five more minutes. Um, I wish this box were playing so I could uh, play my play-out music. Uh, I asked my uh, audio engineer whether it's possible to just, uh, I have a, a Google, uh, oh, what is it, a, a assistant up here. I asked him whether in lieu of my play and music I could just, you know, play a, a minute of, uh, you know, tripping by the Grateful Dead. And it's it's illegal. It's illegal. On the other hand, uh, who would be listening that keeps track of this stuff? So I'm I'm very tempted to just 
on the radio here say, um, Google Play Trippin' by the Grateful Dead. Is it going to hear that? Nope, I guess not. Um, so, I have a couple of articles here that are on topic. Oh, oh, okay. Well, here's the article where, where's my glasses? Oop, put the paper on them. Okay. Um, here's uh, the, the source of some of my notes here. Uh, Pope Francis on Sunday, and this is... Uh, I didn't cut out enough this paper that had the date on it, but uh, this occurred about three Sundays ago. Uh, Pope Francis on Sunday expressed sorrow over the discovery in Canada of the remains of 215 indigenous students of church-run residential schools, but didn't offer the apology sought by the Canadian Prime Minister, uh, Justin Trudeau. This was, uh, uh, I told you about uh, his trip to the, uh, to the Vatican. Uh, this is written recently, so it wasn't the uh, 2017 trip that he made over there. Uh, Francis, Pope Francis, in remarks to the faithful gathered in St. Peter's Square, called on political and church authorities to work to shed light on what he called this sad affair. Well, uh, talk to the uh, First Nations children that are covered up with dirt on the grounds of these schools. And... Uh, called This Sad Affair and to Foster Healing. Uh, two days earlier, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said he was deeply disappointed, as am I, that the Vatican hadn't offered an apology and called on the church to take responsibility. Oh, heavens. Uh, you might as well ask God to take responsibility. From the 19th century until the 1970s, more than 150,000 Indigenous children were forced to attend state-funded. Well, the Canadian government paid for the schools, but they enlisted the help of uh, religion, religious people, mainly ca Catholics, to uh, run the schools. Big mistakes. You're giving young children to priests and nuns. That's just asking for it. Uh, the majority of them run by Catholic missionary congregations in a campaign to assimilate them into Canadian society. Ground-penetrating radar was used to confirm the remains of the children at the... Uh, well, this article was specifically written about the Kamloops um, Residential School in Kamloops. That's a town in British Columbia last month. The school was operated by the Catholic Church from uh, 1890 to uh, 1969. Um, I wonder why they weren't running it after 1969. It couldn't be that they their evilness was discovered. Um, the Canadian government has admitted that uh, physical and sexual abuse was rampant in the schools with students beaten for speaking their native languages. Cut ahead now to China, doing the same thing with the Uyghur languages, the Mongolian languages, and uh, the Tibetan languages. Mm. Uh, I follow with sorrow. This is a quote from the Pope. I follow with sorrow the news that arrives from Canada about the upsetting discovery of the remains of 215 children He's talking about the Kamloops school. Uh, this sad discovery increases the awareness of the sorrows and sufferings of the past. Well, okay. Good sentiments. I guess that's all you could possibly expect the Pope to say. Okay. Uh, well, 
like I said before, uh, KPCALP 103.3 FM here in Petaluma, California. They cut me off at 58 minutes, whether I'm through ranting and raving or not. Well, I'm through now. And normally I would play my playout music, but uh, I'm going to have to get my sound effects and play in music box uh, looked at by my audio engineer, Dennis. And he's remarkable about being able to fix things like that. <laughs> 